Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good? My name is Chris Stiles. This is Trapping Anonymous. Welcome back. We are back. Thank you, everybody, for supporting us, keeping the movement moving. Definitely appreciate that. Please follow me on that Instagram, at Chris Stiles, at Trapping Anonymous. Follow at Breakbeat Media. Shout out to the team, the network, the family. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, the episode that we have for you today, I think this is going to get a little deep, um, but we're going to talk about the pimp game, actually. Um... I have a madam here with me, or ex-madam. Well, that's up for interpretation. Because you have to remember that the stories that you hear do not reflect real life. They're here to educate, entertain, and possibly keep your homie off the streets. This is Chris Dallas. My name is Trapping Anonymous. Let's get it. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I jump right into my interviews. Let's do it. What was the first time you had sex with money? I want to say maybe 12 going into 13 years old. How did that happen? Um, so that kind of stemmed from the relationship with my mother and her viewpoints on me dating, period. So she was strictly... You ain't fucking with no nigga if he ain't giving you something. Mm. And that meant I couldn't have no little boyfriends coming to the house or none of that. Everything was solely, what was he giving you? What was you gaining out the situation from when I was a young girl? Mm. So I never really had no, you know. So sort of use what you got to get what you want. Basically. Um, how does a 12 or 13 year old, I couldn't even imagine that. Kids were having sex at that age. So how does a 12 or 13 year old sort of get into uh, prostitution so young? Um, oh, wow. So I had a situation when I was younger and um, I lost my virginity being gang raped in the building. And so with that experience, sex was something that was trauma. It was something that was forced. It was something that um, at one time, my first time, it was done with multiple men. And that kind of made it a little bit easier to break into using them for something instead of being victimized by them. How old were you? I was 10. I mean, you're bleeding. Yeah. And these guys, are just 
going. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just, it breaks my heart to hear, you know, things like that, you know, that they go on every day. Yeah. And instead of using it as something to sort of, like you said, victimize yourself and right. you use it as sort of a strength to make sure that if this was something you're going to be doing, get something out of it. And then, I mean, like when I went home, it wasn't something I was easily dealt with. I was kind of like victim blamed by my mother too. So like, you know, I got the, well, what the fuck were you doing over there in that neighborhood? And how did you even get around those guys more so, you know, than the consoling, like what happened to you and how'd you get in that situation in a mothering way it was your well, you put yourself there, it happened and watch what you're doing next time you're out there in the fucking street. How many guys was it? I'm gonna be real, I lost count after like twelve. So it had to be over fifteen men. And they sort of just like set you up set you up, Lord. Yeah, kinda it was like a luring. I was chilling with one of my homegirls in the park and she flat left me because she went to go chill with some niggas. And she lived, I want to say, in a six block radius from my neighborhood, from the park where we were chilling at. And um, while we were walking to the park from her house earlier that day, there were, you know, gentlemen outside smoking, chilling. These were regular men from her neighborhood. I've always seen them going and coming. And I decided to double back because I knew I would have got my ass whipped for going home without her because that was the rule. We left home together. We go home together. Absolutely. And she had left me. And my mother was very abusive. She's a former cokehead. And so, you know, her coming off of drugs, me being very young, I knew I had to follow the rules. And one of those was, yeah, you left home with her, you come home with her. And being flat left, I was really scared I was gonna get my ass whooped. Um, I spun the block and those guys were still standing there in front of the store. And one of the gentlemen approached me and told me that my homegirl went in the building. I did throw it out there that I was looking for my friend that I left earlier with. And, um, he offered to walk with me, and I don't want to repeat names or anything like that. Um, a guy shouted to his friend and said, we're all going to take her. You know, it's kind of late. I thought I was being protected. I thought that somebody was, you know, looking out for me because it was a late, you know? And, yeah. and I got to the building, and the guy that initially told me that he was going to walk with me punched me in my face. And... The rest of them just walked over, started kicking me, stomping me out. Um, after the first guy punched me in my face, I remember my cheek got so swollen that it went over my eyebrow. And so I couldn't see at all in my left eye, like it was completely shut. And I started trying to scream, you know, they covered up my mouth, they were stomping me out and stuff. And I was just trying to get somebody to come out of um, out of their apartment. And um, I didn't, nobody was really trying to come out of the apartment. I guess nobody wanted none of what was going on. Sure. And um, they managed to rip down my pants and nobody wore a condom or anything like that. And they continued beating me. I got sodomized and um, raped. And I played dead, so they would stop. And um, 
They left you there to die. Yeah. And um, I thought I was going to at one point. And um, a Spanish woman came out of her home. And when she opened her door, I heard her call for someone. I believe, I don't know if it was her son or her husband. And she told him to call the police. It's a girl in the hallway. And um, everybody pretty much like took off running. And I know that she dealt with the saints because she had a Saint Guadalupe, oh, yeah. the one that I wear now. That's the uh, and um, she called the, the police. Yeah, and she called the police for me. Um, and I remember trying to stay awake, and like until I seen like the police get there mm. at least. But I felt safe with her. Mm. Like I just felt really comfortable enough to at least close my eyes because my body just ran out of the adrenaline that I was mm. on, whatever that the fuck was keeping me going. And um, once the police came and I heard them busting the building, I knew it was okay to close my eyes. Mm. And I didn't have any knowledge of all the blood and everything that was around because one of my eyes was already shut from being punched in the face. And um, the other one, I just, I couldn't keep myself to open my eyes any longer. But um, they thought that they had killed me in the building and they waited for EMS to come. I had a pulse and um, they shipped me to the hospital, which one I do not remember. And from there, I know a piece of me died. I was never the same person. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you wear that yeah. to this day. I have different St. Guadalupe's. I love it. I keep them on my rings. I wear them on chains. I love her. Wow. There's a, there's a purpose for you, you know? Like, there's, there's something bigger. There's more. You know, you know, God's not done. He's not finished. And, you know, I, I just know your impact has already been great, even when we talked about your book and things that you're working on. So this, have you ever saw the, these guys again? So um, I had to actually walk past them for years because I um, the neighborhood I lived in, mm -hmm. um, I was more scared to snitch mm -hmm. than anything. Mm -hmm. And even though I could have lost my life, um, they left it up to my mother to press charges. They still said that I had to take the stand and I actually ended up running away from home so I didn't have to. And because I didn't, I was forced to walk back and forth past these men up until I was about 14 and ended up in the group home. And the most fucking ironic thing happened where um, the main guy who said he was going to help me when he ended up, you know, punching me in my face and initiating everything. I was roommates with his sister in a group home and never fucking knew that was his sister. And so um, my, you know, I was kind of like, I ran with my behavior, I ran away, I started doing drugs and, you know, being hypersexual and stuff. And um, I was placed in a group home upstate 
And I was, I really wasn't talkative and my roommate, she got me to open up by telling me about the block and we lived around the same hood and I just couldn't understand why we never came in past, like cross paths with each other or nothing. And um, she was like, yeah, you know, I started wilding out when this girl lied on me and got my brother locked up for rape, but you know, he came back home. And I'm like, yeah, really? What happened? What was the girl's name? <laughs> like trying to like figure out what's what. And she was like, yeah, you know, my brother's name is da da da. And my heart sank down into my fucking asshole because I done got so close with this girl mm. and built such a big ass bond with her. Mm. And her whole life, she fucking hated me before she mm. even met me because she blamed me for the downfall of her brother. Mm. And she never even know he really raped me. And I couldn't even stomach to tell her because we were mm. so close friends that um, your brother is a rapist and he punched me in my face and raped me. Mm. And so I kind of fell back and lost a friend that day and ran away from the group home. Mm. So yeah. Oh, wow. That is just... I think about, like... Like, life, like... And how much, like, people have to, like, undergo. And, you know, they say God gives the strongest battles to his toughest soldiers and, you know, things like that. How are you able to look at life and not feel like... You know, I just got the short end of the stick. You know, how are you able to persevere? You know, even when I spoke to you, you was full of smiles. You was laughing. You was joking. When you were not, when, even when you walked in, I feel like you lit up the room. Yo, y'all hungry? Yo, y'all need anything? I'm supposed to be taking care of you, giving you the hospitality, and your heart's so big. I'm just like, damn. Like, And then to hear your story, it's like, there's people with a hundred times better upbringing with not an ounce of the decency that you have or just the, the kind heartedness that you have. So how do you find that? How do you, how are you able to tap into such a pure uh, and, and happy place? You know, mm. I'm sure that can help other people when they think their life is bad. You know, they're going to hear your story. They're going to be like, if she could persevere this way, you know what I mean? And there's a, a lot of good things coming your way, you know? Uh, we spoke off camera and, you know, God is real, you know? God is real and it, it takes you to really go through it to, to see the face of, of God. But when he reveals himself to you, you know, you can't unsee it. So what, 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 how do you do it? So, um... I've walked down a few different paths in life, and I've held a few different demeanors along the way. I've been the overly arrogant bitch. I've been the overly, you know, nice bitch. I've been the, I've been every type of bitch you could fathom. And what I realized is that the best bitch to be is the straight bitch walk a straight path, mm -hmm. don't disrespect anybody, mm -hmm. and you won't forget, just put out the energy you want to receive. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not seeing what you're trying to put out in the moment, don't let shit get you the fuck down because there's something better coming. Yeah, and if you walk around with that, oh, 
I got a problem. Everything's getting me down. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder to get over that shit. It's going to get harder to get through a hurdle. It's going to, that shit is going to help put you down. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's like somebody putting a hex on you. You helping the hex go even stronger by feeding into the negative energy and just letting it overcome you. If you got to fight that shit with, more, with positivity, with a higher vibration, and just know that God got you, it's a higher power. Like, if it ain't kill you, it's going to definitely make you stronger. And as long as you woke the fuck up, you blessed. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's some things that some people never reach that point where they can understand and speak from that perspective. Sometimes people just go their whole life, you know? What was me? And, you know, yeah, what what is you? You know, what what happens next? So this happened to, you know, you, this happened to things that happen to me, things that happen to anybody, anybody in the street. What life tells us is that, yes, it happened, you know, but now what? What are we going to become next? Who are we going to become next? How are we going to persevere? And, you know, I think you're just a true testament of just that warrior mentality and just graciousness. Just, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, having to live, you know. And I thought about suicide. Don't get me fucked up, like, at all. But then I've also watched what suicide does to families. Like, I've had a close friend who committed suicide. I'm not even going to call her a friend. I'm going to just be real. My sister, Ashley, committed suicide. And that's how I started my company. She was a nine. I'm an 11. And that's its own story. And it was times where I wanted to straight out myself. And I feel like, you know, damn, bitch, you beat me to it. Like, you always beat me to something. You even beat me to that shit. And I watched how that break my mother down. She still never mentally came back from it. And then I'm like, damn, I got children. If I go, what the fuck is really going to happen? I'm alive and that happened. How did uh, she kill herself, if you don't mind? She jumped from her, um, her friend's balcony on 59th and Columbus Circle. Yeah. And did she leave a note? Did you get to speak to her? You know, was there any sort of sort of solace or that you got? Or did you just have to I think that was the humblest shit for me, why I became who I am, to be real, because no. And we stopped speaking over petty shit, like mm-hmm. literally a year before she kills herself. Mm-hmm. We stopped talking because mm-hmm. of the juice I decided to give my daughter one mm-hmm. time. She didn't feel like it was healthy enough. Mm-hmm. And something so petty like juice was the last time that I ever spoke to my sister. So that shit kind of fucked me up. Yo, you don't even know, like, you're doing God's work right now. You know, there's some people I got to reach out to, you know? I would suggest you do that because you never know when the fuck anybody or what they going through. And the way I broke on her over Jews, she felt like, damn, I can't reach out to you about what the fuck I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. Because I'm all like, damn, you part-time auntie. You only come around on fucking holidays. It's Christmas. You bashing me over Jews. That was the last time I seen my sister. To take a step back, I, I've, I've, I'm trying to, you know, keep this interview going. It's very difficult. I didn't realize, you know, we didn't really have an in-depth conversation before. Yeah, I just told you some shit. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just, you just was like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sounds cool. You know what I mean? And, um, but even for you to become a madam, 
I could only imagine of the things that you had to endure mm-hmm. to be able to pimp other women. Yeah. So that first time, 12, you received 12, 13, you received money. Do you have a pimp at this time or are you sort of working for yourself? I was kind of working for myself mm-hmm. and it was so embarrassing. I was like, I was fucking for barely nothing. I was just fucking to say that I got something out the deal. Yeah. And um, it would probably be like maybe twenty, thirty dollars yeah, from yeah. a guy. Um, maybe take me to go get my eyebrows waxed or some something very cheap that I was like, oh, at least I got something. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like, damn, you know, go tell my mom and brag and boast, and she hit me with the bitch. Okay, make that nigga do da 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 now. Make that nigga take you shopping. I'm like, damn, Ali, I just got my fucking eyebrows done, bitch. I gotta step it up. Like, what do I gotta do to get that type of shit? Like, at 13. Yes. Your mother's saying this. Yeah. And then what? How does this progress? How does it? Does it progress? Does it regress? Yeah, did. She started introducing me to some of her older male friends, and they were willing to give me money, money. And see, at that age, I wasn't thinking, okay, that's a pedophile. You know, I'm being pimped out to a grown ass man that wanna fuck on a little ass girl for some money. At that age, I'm like, oh, he's grown and he liked me. He sees something in me. He gonna give me something. That's the shit my mother was talking about. He got big money. He got something for me. I can go shopping with that. Oh, and he drive, he a big boy. He got a car and this the shit my mother was talking about. Now I'm getting it. And yeah, so that's how it started. At what point did you realize Maybe the money ain't worth it. I got caught up in a situation trying to um, stare in my own like way. Um, I pretty much got tired of my mother narrating things and you know bringing guys and oh talk to him and he got this and I wanted to try my own thing mm-hmm. and um, I went to Brooklyn and I met up with a pimp and I, I met him online actually. And he was about what he said he was about. And he started schooling me on some real shit. Like, you know, walking the blade, they call it. Yeah. And, you know, showing me the back ropes and basically telling me what money really looked like. How, you know, you really make money, how you really make a nigga spend, how anybody could be a trick. It's not what your mother showed you. It's how you talk to a nigga. It's who you, you know, like. He's sort of the iceberg slim of your yeah. life. You know, I, when I read that book, I, I I just learned so much about sort of, you know. The game. The, the pimp game. Um, to backtrack just a little bit before we get into that phase of your life, what was sort of the the most you would get at this 13, 14, 15 age, like what was sort of the gifts that- When the grown men started spending it, as far as cash was concerned, I probably get maybe like two or 300, but I yeah. never knew what my mother was pocketing because she was doing the arrangements. Oh, and um, I know my mother, she was making her cut up off the top. So if she was willing to throw me a little two, three hundred dollars. She got fucking paid because these men was grown, grown. I mean, 30, 40 years old. Some of them in their 50s. And I how was, often would this happen? Every weekend. Every weekend. Yeah. For how long? Up until I was about maybe 15 or 16. Yeah. And these men, probably wives at home, kids. Mm-hmm. Come into your house, mm-hmm. 
No, they would sometimes be set up like hotels okay. or like car dates and shit like that, like arrangements where they wouldn't really be too much around the crib unless these were real close friends of my mother, like that already knew where we lived before I started, you know, dealing with her like that. 15 or any age before that, what was sort of like your worst experience dealing with those older men, if you could remember? Um, men being too big, being too rough, not caring that I'm a little ass girl and I really don't got too much sexual experience, okay. having too many high expectations of me as a child to perform on them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could I could imagine how, you know, you're just a child. Yeah. You're just a child. At fifteen, what happens? With you you meet this guy, he puts you on the game and you're like, Okay, it's time to get this shit on my own. Yeah, so I went a few go rounds with him on the blade and my first experience this shit is so crazy oh the so, blade for people that don't know oh so the blade is pretty much like the whole stroll and it's like you know um i don't know who's familiar with like hunts point like the back areas of hunts point and stuff like that and it's pretty much like any real trucking area or any real like area where it's a lot of car traffic and shit like that Don't like maybe pickings or something yeah pencil yeah. yeah that's definitely a blade mm -hmm. um strips like that are considered blades because people usually park up over there or whatever they're looking for some entertainment or whatever like it's it like any high truck activity areas i would say you know um any like mm -hmm. deserted areas those are blades mm -hmm. but um so i worked the blade and my first time going out there um, I knew that there was a girl that he had in the stable, in the stable, for those who don't know, or the girls that you live amongst, I guess you want to say your sister wives, that you got to get along with, you go and get your money with them. Um, she was supposed to be schooling me. And when we hit the blade, every car that was, every car that stops, like was trying to stop for me, she would intercept and take the date. And so I'm thinking, because this is my first time on the blade, yo, this bitch got my back. Like she just holding me down. She, mm. she making sure I ain't got to fuck nothing. Mm. My bitch is good. I fuck with her. She set me up to get fucked up. Like I ain't have no money at the end of that. Like she was basically cutting my throat and taking all of my dates mm. or whatever. Like I would have been making fucking money, but she was making sure I ain't Make shit. Mm -hmm. So when we got in the car and he said for us bitches to break ourselves, I'm looking like I ain't got nothing to get this nigga. And he backhand the fuck out of me until I saw stars and lights. And I was like, wow. He said he told y'all bitches to do what? To break ourselves, like empty oh. our pockets what we made right. for the night. And I ain't have nothing to give him because she took all of my dates every you, time a car stopped. Day 15. Yeah. He backhands you. Yeah, real hard. And then she laughing too. I'm like, that shit ain't funny because bitch, you took all the dates. And if you ain't do that, then I would have had something to give him. And from that day on, you wouldn't allow... No bitch to cut my throat. Yeah, I was on it. I'm at the cars, I'm doing what I gotta do. Mm -hmm. And that lasted for about, I wanna say three or four months. And I got tired of fucking like that and then giving this man all my money. Mm -hmm. And this shit is to be going to all of us. And I'm like, if I take all of my shit, from all the stuff that I'm doing and do it on my own. I'ma be straight, fuck you and these bitches. And you live at a house that he has set up for all of you. Yeah. Okay. And so he's giving you all of this game and 
unfortunately, it came at the price of all of your earnings. Yeah. But you've learned some ways to work the blade. Basically, I'm, I mean, not even work the blade because after that experience, I, I pretty much was done with the blade. Yeah. I took what he gave me as far as long, um, knowledge mm -hmm. and I like, you know, implemented that in just dating to get what I wanted from men. So now it's like, I don't want to be outside fucking these niggas. How can I get in their head inside the house and not, you know, be outside doing it? And so learning, I guess, the proper way is manipulation. We just going to call it like how it is. Yeah. So and he that's... taught me how to basically manipulate a nigga the right way and how anybody could be a trick. You can make them your man and get tripped at the same time. So now from 15 to... I know at a certain age, this is what you're doing. This is your hustle. This yeah. is the new hustle. Now I'm dating pedophiles. I'm Straight going up. for the old niggas that want young pussy that's going to give you what the fuck you want to be quiet because now I know I'm young, I'm fresh me, you want to fuck on me and you're going to give me what I want because you don't want me to tell nobody because mm. I'm a fucking minor and it's going, I'm, I'm, I'm living now. Now it's over. Where are you living at now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the city. I'm a brown. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting you're getting money though, mm -hmm. and now things are sort of taking this ring. I'm sure you're away from your mom now. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, you got your own sort of setup. You're not in school. No, and no. that's what was my fucking problem. That ended up getting me shipped away to Boston. But before my long, I, I ended up doing Boston dirty. But that's another story because I ended up doing a pedophile stab. Another thing. But um, because you know everywhere they send you in group homes and shit like okay. that. All of those places is you know breeding grounds for niggas that want to prey on kids. I've heard that. Yeah, I all you parents out home, if you you know watching this, I suggest y'all find alternative ways to parent your children when they going through things and stuff like that. Because little do you know, you sending your kids amongst nothing but fucking pedophiles. All those juvenile detention places, group homes, fucking mental institutions, they all want to fuck on your children. They all sexualize your children. They all offer them things in, in exchange for sexual favors like snacks and food. Like when you're not coming up there visiting them. So yeah, be careful of that shit. I can imagine that could that's that's the case as well because they know you don't really have anybody. Yeah. They know you don't have no family, yep. no friends. Mm -hmm. You're here because everyone else is sort of left you hanging. Yep. So let me present myself in the image of a savior. And, and you're willing to do anything for that person. Wow. Especially when you're real weak. Wow. Wow. Oh. Okay. So you, you went to Boston and... Yeah, but oh, prior to going to Boston, I just, you know... Um... I turned it up. I started fucking with the neighborhood pedophiles, but my only issue was I didn't go to school. I didn't have nobody go and enroll me in. So now I'm a I'm an underage person. I went missing for all this time. And then by the time my mother catch up to me, she don't want to hold down the fact that she don't give a fuck. So she got to play that, oh, that bitch ran away, mm -hmm. move on me. Mm -hmm. And so the city get involved, or your daughter been out of school for all this time, she got to go away, or she's a ward of the state. So she shipped me off to a school in Boston. And you still uh, out there doing the same thing oh yeah it got worse because now you got different class of pedophiles you got people that want to mass manipulate you 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 they dragging you up they got you, you you're classified as you got behavioral issues and yep. nothing you say is the truth of your problem child your runaway your institution like it's those are the issues so 
even if you wanted to complain about what the fuck was going on, it's your word against the state, literally. So how long do you, are you in Boston doing this? Until I'm 19 years old. 19, what happened? 19, I fucked with a good pedophile that was up there. Can you hear, do you hear what he's saying? Yeah, I do, but I mean, it's the hard fucking truths of what it is. All right, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and he got me a bus ticket and I ran away and came back to New York, made it back to my mom's and, um. She allowed me to stay because when I was over 18, she was fighting me for guardianship so she can keep on getting checks for me while I was up there. Didn't send me nothing. So, you know, she was good with the whole water to state shit, exactly. So, you know, once I made my way back to the city, she wasn't really fighting me with the whole go back up there shit. In New York, it's a different type of ball game. You 18, we can't force her to go do nothing, man. So, yeah. Okay, so at what point do you switch and say, you know what? I'm going to be the pimp now. I'm tired of fucking. One of the things in the Iceberg Slim book, he said every hole or every trick has 999 fucks in her. Mm -hmm. And once you get to a thousand, they break. Mm -hmm. They ain't got no more in her. You know what I mean? The mileage is run up. Um, do you, Can you relate to that? Do you, do you think yeah. you reached that point where you were just like, yeah, it's so time to be the pimp instead of yeah. While I was in that school, actually, um, a lot of the girls that were there were the easy mode and type, like how the pimp I met back in Brooklyn had in the stable. Mm. So I was already concocting in my head who I was meeting up with on a home visit, who I was going to have to what, mm. how everything was going to be orchestrated. And I, I guess powerful manifestation, we got up and we got some money. And now, how many girls do you have in your stable? Four. Wow. And you running them all. Yeah. You teaching them what was taught to you. Exactly. And they're looking at you as the protector. Yeah. The mother. Yeah. The guardian. Exactly. And my mom's was always with this shit. So these bitches ain't got nowhere to go. We got this big ass crib uptown. They in the living room. Whose crib is it? My mother's house. And she is the head honcho. Mm -hmm. So now it goes what? back to the person who put me on. Was your was your mother in this game growing up? I believe my grandmother just um pretty much did to her what she was doing to me with the mm -hmm. going after older men. But when I came back and implemented my knowledge and what I learned from being out in the street and being in institutions and shit like that, it kind of went with what the fuck she knew and we ran a better organization. Did it start off with y'all living in public housing? Um, yeah, it did. And then now y'all are in the big house. Private house. A private house. Yeah. Making a shit ton of money. A decent amount of money. A it still wasn't, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not that cap and type or nothing like that. It, we was we was living. How long does that last? Honestly, not long because then, I mean, you got the runaway girls. These are, Trouble you know, kids. exactly. These are young females and I'm gonna be real realistic. Like one thing about this game, a female definitely could run it. That it's been done. It has been, it's gonna continue to get done. Like that's, that's you know. Texas whorehouse. They, Hello. They, they put a, 
but white woman on his when a man ain't around to dominate certain shit, mm -hmm. it goes left real fucking fast. You know, like mm -hmm. a man could keep a bitch in pocket easier mm -hmm. than a female can. Mm -hmm. You know, like a man could fuck you different to have you listening different. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he could keep you in check and tell you something. Like I can give you game, but just because it came from me and you was a bitch, you gonna question me because I'm a bitch. Now, if a nigga sat you down and told you, yo, this nigga gonna play you like da -da -da -da, you gonna be more keen to listen to him because why he a nigga and he know how other niggas act. A bitch gonna look at you like, oh bitch, who the fuck is you? Was it mandatory to fuck the pimp? It's not mandatory, but if you want to really put your foot on a bitch neck and really have her like under your wing like that, yeah, you better fuck her. You better fuck her good. Fuck him good. Or her, if she's a matter of. Yeah, this just sound like a fucking movie. God damn. This is real. This is going on every day. Because I feel like people go and they, they pay for prostitutes and, you know, they they go out and they go to these countries and they pay for more prostitutes and they this, that, and third. But they don't hear this part about it. Yeah. They don't hear the upbringing. They don't know what this person has been going through. They don't know. All they know is they need a nut. They got to catch it. And that's it. There's so much. I mean, if you sat down and really talked to these people, you would have a heart in my mind. It's hard to overlook some of the pain that somebody has to endure. So you go back to the house. It doesn't last long. Women are catty, quote unquote. That And I mean, like, I got my own strain of fucking mental illness after all of that shit that Hell I've yeah. been through. As It's pretty clear my mother has some type of fucking mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so um, now we're dealing with four other bitches in the house that are runaway teen bitches mm. that got mental fucking illness. Mm. And I'm not equipped to be nobody's therapist at that point in my life because I haven't even started my healing journey back then. Mm. So what can I do? I got no dick. I have no therapy experience. Mm. I got to let them do them. You're 2021. Yeah. So now I get into the business of marrying. So, was there anything morally that you felt as a madam wrong because you were that girl before? Mm. You, you knew what it's like to be them. Now you're on the other side. Is there anything that happened that sort of made you feel like, damn, I'm wilding? So um, I came back in touch with the guy who originally had me out on the blade. Mm -hmm. So now we crossing paths because, you know, we getting money, but we in the same league now. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, it was kind of hard to get people to respect my pimping because you know, I was once on the other side of the blade. So that's that's a different, you know, within its own. And so Why when- Why I listen to you? You just like me. Exactly. And so, you know, when I started losing the stable, I had a girl who, you know, she really didn't want to leave, but I I couldn't let her stay in my crib no more. And it wasn't like going down the way things was anymore. It had to go. Mm -hmm. And so I introduced her to him. 
And I already knew from experience mm. and dealing with him mm. that that was a bad move. And I was really fucking money hungry at that point. And um, me and him made a monetary exchange for her. And years later, um, she ended up killing herself. And I never got the backstory on that, how that happened. Um, and that made me feel like, damn, I don't want to say a sense of responsibility, but I know I had my hand to play in that shit. Mm. And I'm going to just be real with that. Because I know whatever she went through in that stable, in that household, I played my part in that. And I could have just told her, yo, go the fuck home. Like, it's it, this is over with. Like, go home. And instead, I let her in another direction because I was greedy. How much did you have? A couple hundred dollars. It wasn't even a thousand. Shit. What was the best part about, this might sound wild, about being a prostitute? The freedom, the liberation. Like, it didn't feel icky when I was fucking a nigga. Well, at least for me, it felt really empowering. Like, I'm about to break your fucking pockets, bitch. Mm -hmm. I'm about to do whatever, whatever. Fake like I like this shit, but you gonna give me money. Worst part. The demeaning shit some niggas would ask for. Like what? Either letting them pee on you or asking you to pee on them. Um, spitting on them or them spitting on you. I've been spitting my face like white men like to be real racial and demeaning. I never got that type of treatment from a black guy or a Spanish guy, nothing like that. But white clients will pay you stupid amount of fucking money to uh, racially demean you during sex or vice versa. Like some of them like to get, get their ass whooped, get their balls stepped on, get spit on, shit like that. But for the most part, they want to talk down to you and treat you like shit while they fucking you. What was what was what do you feel like is like the worst thing you sort of did uh for for the most amount of money, I guess? Letting a nigga piss on me, yeah. spit on me. How much did they did they pay? We ain't gonna disclose that, but yeah. Copy, copy, yeah. Copy. Um pros and cons about being a madam. What was the best part about being a madam? Again, the liberation, yep. the respect was a big thing too. The way like they looked up to me, was coming to me for guidance. And it was really motherly and big sisterly at the same time. Like, I know you got me. Whatever you tell me is it's what it is. You ain't gonna leave me in a fucked up direction. And for somebody to feel confident in my word like that made me feel real good about myself. Like, you must know that I got you, bitches. And I got you, bitches. And I got you, bitches. Yeah. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, but sort of thinking about how you go from this role of being the one that stepped on, spit on, pissed on, to now the one that's being exalted. You know, that power dynamic, the dichotomy must be like, oh my God, like, yeah, you know what I mean? You got to see both sides of sort of that. And I think that's pretty much what led them to trust me a little bit more. Me being open and honest about working the blade and my experience. So when I'm letting them know like, yeah, this is what you gotta do. This is what you gotta expect. And this is what you shouldn't tolerate. And this is what I'm not allowing you to tolerate. They was listening to me because I didn't been there and done that. Was it a lot of money? In yeah, definitely. Because I want to say because a lot of them weren't 
over 18. And what I've learned, and I know this is very fucking cringe, is that men like younger girls. Yeah. And they're willing to pay. Pay a pretty fucking penny. How and pay you, even more for you to shut up about it. How much would you say you've made, like, on a transaction like that? Maybe a shut-up transaction or... A shut-up transaction from an FDNY worker, um, a sergeant. Yeah. How much? He paid a couple of transactions. 15000 apiece. What? And my mom orchestrated it. We so have pictures. Yeah, she got him on the setup. She was like that because he kept on coming for the youngest one. And he was like, really wants some no phones, no pictures. No, he was, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to use my retirement, my pension. And my mom set it up and recorded that nigga one time and had her blackmailing him. Did he ever get caught? No, because he kept paying up until he retired. How much she broke him for? See that, I don't know. Because when right. I stop, whatever, I'm, see, my mom is such that bitch that I'm pretty confident that when everything went down, even on the blackmailing tip, she still had that nigga sending payments. Where's your mother right now? She's good. <laughs> she is good. She's chilling. What? Yeah. You have a relationship with her? For advice sometimes wow. on how to get out of certain shit. Cause wow. my mom's got the gift of God. I can imagine. Yeah. She had to. Virgo. Shit. Okay. All right. So all of this happens. This guy, I just thinking about, you know, 15 grand. I mean, but he's thinking about his life, his wife, his kids, his career. On the line. Everything was on the line. Yeah. And his, number one, his disgusting nature for young women, he, his insatiable, he, he couldn't stop. No. His greed. He just kept coming back. So now your mother's like, you know what? So, Ain't nobody feeling bad for you, yeah. Nobody. And you only spending a couple hundred when you come over here anyway. Well, that's what she was seeing. So you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, you gonna break. And you got it. God. You got it. Oh, mm. shit. Damn. Um, so obviously, a lot more money in being the head than being somebody that's just, you know. Right, because when you orchestrating things, and certain manipulation tactics come into play and um, blackmailing. That's why you keep your, your black book updated with um, certain clients. Yeah. Like, you know, even dealing in the Jewish community, you got to get the rabbi's information because, you know, once they start acting up, getting cheap, nigga, like, I'm going to the rabbi. Fuck you talking about? I heard the Jews is... is... <laughs> Yeah. What's that? Till this day, I will go to the rabbi and I'm out the game, but I still got a couple of Jews on standby that I will threaten with the rabbi real quick when the rents do. Real quickly. Till this day. Till this day, nigga. They got their reparations. We ain't get shit. Don't look at me like that. Till this fucking day. If I say the rent is due, nigga, what happened? 
because I will call the rabbi. I know ain't no sucking and fucking involved. Just I will call your rabbi. Well, why would the rabbi believe you? Why wouldn't he with all the videos and pictures I got? You oh. stay with, come on. Oh? I'm a black girl. You're getting automatically shunned out your community. When you walk away, whole, like, no, no, no finessing, no swindling, no nothing. Is that something that you can do? I can't say that I could 100% like walk away because if those two checks ain't come in the mail before I left, I was definitely going to pull the rabbi move just so I could have, you know, I was going to get situated. So anytime my back is up against the wall, that's just like anybody, any, anybody, they're going to resort back to their survival mode. What do they know how to survive? How do they know how to survive? So anytime I'm in survival mode, my back is up against the wall, the first thing I'm going to do as a trauma response is resort back to, what, how the fuck am I going to get it? You ain't no fool. You ain't no fool. I'll tell you that. You are not a fool. Um, so let's go back. Let's go back to now you're out of that madam, pimp, Trick, game, now you marrying. What is that? Okay. So there's levels to that shit too. So you've heard of arranged marriages, yes. right? All right. So um not all of these immigrants are broke by a long shot. Mm -mm. Okay. A lot of them come from a long line of some money. And as long as you have the money and the resources to be able to travel back to where this person is from and see their lineage and shit like that and do your own observation on things, you can, you know, make a proper, have proper discernment on who you're dealing with. Because people get over here and they tell you anything, but that comes from trial and error and doing the marrying business. And so um, I got introduced to um, an African guy and, you know, he had some people back in Senegal and they was really about that. The niggas was working for the government and had, um, what was that? Um, what is that passport called? Um, uh, dual citizenship? No, the diplomat. Oh, diplomat. Shit, yeah. And um, the first time I went, uh, um, did the transaction, I married a diplomat so I could get out of legal situations over here. So when I married him, it took him about like three months to get back over here to the U.S. And um, I applied for my diplomat passport and I got diplomat immunity. So that knocked out a lot of the legal situations that I had. So going back to the situation that me and you talked about off camera, when that went down, I already had diplomat immunity. So that put a whole bigger thing into play with me getting arrested. So, yeah, once I found out that there are certain benefits you can right. get from marrying certain people. How much money um, would you say you made in the marrying business? The most a Turkish guy paid me was 70K up front. And that was just to, you know, sign the papers. And then you got the, the wedding ring that gets involved. Then you got what you want on the contract. Like, okay, I, now you're going half or I want this paid in full every month. And then my allowance goes to this. And you set up rules and contracts before you do anything. And they got to be willing to pay. What are you doing with this lump sum of money? I currently own Air Element 911, um, which is a skincare company. 
Um, I have a couple of ATM machines that are set up in people corner stores and shit like that across yeah. the city. I have two nonprofit organizations that are domestic violence shelters for women wow. and children. Wow. Um, I still spend their money. I save mine. I invest a lot of my money. Wow. It's crazy. Like, I always feel like as long as you give, you'll be blessed, you know? And sometimes it be our heart that keeps us above water, you know? Yeah. I would say being genuine with them and actually following through with the contracts and the citizenships yeah. be the blessings. Because these people be very spiritually in tune. Wow. They be like, you know, Muslims yeah. and stuff like that. They pray hard. And when you look out for them, they look out for you. Wow. And so I done got a lot of Muslims, they citizenships. And so a lot of people in that community fuck with me. You know, so you got different blessings and different. How much citizens have you? I'm on my ninth marriage. I got married on September 9th, and that's crazy. Like, my ninth marriage. So I think that's going to be the last one because he's a solid nigga, and I think I want to make it real with him. He's cool. Is he with? He dropped a hefty bag on this ring. So I was like, yo, I think you really, really like me. So I might fuck with it. Oh my God. Okay. And that's how we're here today. You, there's a there's a little gap maybe. Yeah, between. it's a little gap, but you start having kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, out of the game. The kids came in between my, you know. Okay. Yeah, I got a eight year old and a two year old. Wow. Two is pretty young. Yeah. Um, do you ever have flashbacks of going back to the life, you know? Does it call your name, so to speak? Completely stepping into it? Yeah. No. But to get certain shit done, like when my back is against the wall, yes, I will most definitely not, you know, think about it. I'm wholeheartedly going to jump back into it. Like, Talk to me about STDs. and That's a big thing out there. You got to stay protected. I would say never go raw. And if you're going raw, because let's be realistic, let it be your 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 regular trick, mm -hmm. you know, not the one that you don't really see or the nigga that just came through for the first time. Like, if it's a raw situation, that gotta be your trick that you've been fucking with for a minute. I wouldn't recommend the girls out there to do that shit at all, period. But know who you fucking with when you fucking with them raw. Did you catch a lot of STDs? No, I was blessed to never catch not an STD at all. Never. No. Wow. We gonna say in the game, my baby father gave me a STD. Isn't it crazy how that? Od, works? a trick has <laughs> never burnt me. My baby father definitely did though. Talk to me about the the drugs. Were you did you you said your mother was on cocaine? Cocaine. Yeah. What sort of drugs did this lifestyle open you up to? Did you ever get hooked? Was it ever bad? Like what? Um, I had an episode with um, Molly's for a little while. Mm. You know, I had my run on those. I remember those. Yeah, mm -hmm. when that was popping, I did my thing on that to stay up, to stay active when I was getting money or whatever. Um, I don't really have an addictive personality, so it was kind of easy to kick. Mm -hmm. My biggest addiction is like cigarettes or whatever, or a vape pen. Mm -hmm. But drug drugs, I don't, I'm not really into that shit. I'm not into feeling down. What's something that you would tell that young girl, 13, 10, 11, that turns her first trick? 
Oh, that's turning her first trick? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even tell Shorty to do that at all. I would tell her to get into business. <laughs> Invest into something, you know, I don't know, fucking this crypto shit, be a fucking influencer online, <laughs> be one of those bitches or whatever. Don't do that, I would say. What's something that you would leave with young women that want to enter the game, glamorized by the game? You know, there's a lot of things on TV now and social media that sort of glamorizes that lifestyle. I would tell a bitch to stay in her lane. I knew in that game certain things wasn't for me. Like, competition is very stiff, okay? So... Don't think that if you're shaped like a bag of potatoes and I'm not trying to come at anybody to go run and go to the strip club and thinking that you're going to outdo them bitches that got their body done ah. and shit like that because they're going to eat you the fuck up yeah. on any given Sunday. Know your body, know your lane, know who the fuck you, your target audience is. Bitch, if you ain't got no ass, you want to go fuck with the nigga who ain't got no dick because he got money, and y'all go together. Like, you want to, like, just stay in your lane. You got to go do what works for you and stop trying to do what everything every, everything that everybody else is doing because that might not work for you. What's the angle? To live comfortably, to not be doing that shit at all, to say, okay, I ain't got to make a call when my back is against the wall because my savings is really, really good and... I'm straight, like, to to not have to depend on nothing and nobody but myself. What ethnicity, what, which ethnicity do you think you've dealt with the most in your Hispanic life? and white. Not the Jews, not the blacks? They fall amongst white, I think. Oh, Jews, yeah, okay. I think. But definitely them and Hispanics. And, you know, like so many things are off limits in their religion. So mm-hmm. the things they're not allowed to. Yeah. So what, what are some of like their requests? Um, well, the ones I've dealt with, they're really straightforward. They like regular shit because they really don't get to do much with right. their, you right. know, spouse at home. Yeah. So like they really just want head. And a lot of them really just want that. I've never really came. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it. I've never came across a Drew that wanted to penetrate me. They all just wanted me to suck their dick. I was talking. Yeah. I was talking to um, a corner corner store owner, and um, he came out here and had like 10, 11 kids. Mm -hmm. I said, why did you go so crazy when you came out here? He said, back home, the sucky sucky. No, that's another thing too. They say they don't suck dick. They don't. Yep, and they love the way black girls suck dick. And for the religion, they're not allowed to even have them do that to Mm. them. See, I didn't even know that part. So when he came here, he's like, oh, they play with the balls. They do that. He's like, that's something that we don't even get to ever experience. So when he came out here, he sort of lost himself and had all these kids. You know what I'm saying? But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That, that's a big fact. They like had something you want to leave the guests with? Um, no, a lot of things ain't coming to mind right now. This is Travis Anonymous. My name is Chris Dabbs. Let's get it.